This is an uprising. It's a revolution. It's time to stop giving everyone else the deciding power in what comes next in your life and who you should be. Let's bring out that rebel spirit. I know it's in there. Let's bring out who you already are. You just need to remember, we're going home to you. Hey, welcome back to The Healing Frequency. I'm Suzanne, and let's get to this. We are going to go from wounded to wiser. After this episode, uh, let's, let's talk about life. No one gets out without some scars, with some bumps and bruises and some, some scars and some scar tissue, right? It's what comes out of the wounds that matter. And when I, when I picture scar tissue, and actually this is kind of ironic when I kind of share one of my deepest wounds in this episode, when you think of scar tissue and the fascia and all of that, right, you can have a scar. And if it's a pretty significant scar, there's going to be, if there's still inflammation in the body that's unhealed, this scar is going to create protection around itself. The wound is going to create protection and that, that protection becomes scarring that will hold it and lock it in place as it's healing. Right. That's a very, I don't know. I don't know where that definition came from, but I'm picturing it with what I've learned, what I've been told by different practitioners and what I've experienced. So I'm someone who has had five C-sections. And so I have a significant amount of scarring, but having a C-section does not mean you have to have a significant amount of scarring. I've seen women who have 10, 11, 12 C-sections, uh-huh, and they don't have nearly the amount of scarring that I have after five. And so it really comes down to what's going on inside when you receive that wound and then the subsequent healing, what's going on inside? Is there healing or does the body need to protect itself even more? And then the scar tissue kind of gets stuck and locked in place. Okay. So as I share and go into one of my deepest woundings, I want you to ask yourself, what is the wound that comes to your mind first of your own? You know it. It's going to come. Boom. It's there. What age were you? Who was involved? What happened? You know, where in your body do you feel it when you remember this wound? Where physically in your body? It's not always in your heart. It's not always in the physical location if there is a physical wound. But where and what wound comes up? And why am I asking this? It's not because, you know, when you go into trying to heal traumas, I know that a lot of the time we don't, we don't want to go there because we don't want to relive it. You know, we don't want to get stuck in a spiral of reliving the same trauma over and over again, right? But here's here's the secret, and it shouldn't be a secret. In order to heal a wounding, 
you don't have to relive it. That's the beauty of that. Okay. But the reason I'm bringing this up to, to talk about today is you have to move in order to move from wounded to wise, you have to be wounded and then you have to be conscious and then you have to be aware. And then comes the authentic wisdom, authentic to you. So not even what I'm telling you, what feels authentically wise and and the wisdom that you have gained or will gain that feels right, that feels true to you. Okay, so we've established we're wounded, right? We've got, we, we all get them. We all have wounds, okay? And this doesn't have to be something um, you know, violent or, you know, it, it can be, but it doesn't have to be. It's something that left its mark. It left its imprint on us. And if you have heard anything from my social media, I talk about energetic imprints because that is often deeper than the actual wound itself. The imprint that something or someone leaves upon you is a big deal. And it's the energetic imprint because energy cannot be destroyed. Once it is created and put into motion, you can heal, but the imprint is still going to be there. But you get to decide if it's a positive imprint or a negative imprint. So that's why becoming conscious and aware of your wounds is so important. So thinking back on, on your wound and thinking about the imprints. Okay. Um, I want you to be, to have this stuff kind of swirling in, in your, in your mind. Okay. Um, because we're going to talk about identifying your perceptions and beliefs that came from your wounds and your wound and what you believe is possible regarding healing. Um, because we can have the, the conditioning, you know, the subconscious reel that's running saying, yes, it's completely possible to heal my wound. Um, yes, I can become wiser and, and, you know, and, and a sage in because of this or your imprint, your perception and belief around wounds might be stuff them down. I don't want them to come back out. I am not readdressing them. I am not calling them back out from the deep, dark depths of me because I have stuffed them down and I'm now functioning and I don't want to bring it back up. So that is something that comes from someone who their perception and belief around healing is much different than mine. And maybe you, that person, you're listening today. And I want to encourage you to, to, just for this episode, just for this episode, have an open mind and maybe bust open the rule box you have around healing, the rules that you have around healing. Just for this episode, you can, you can shut that box right up as soon as, as soon as we're finished here. Okay. Okay. So my wounding, um, my particular wounding and, and I should probably have um, said from the beginning, um, this is a little bit of a trigger warning. 
Um, although I have four beautiful children, um, and ages 11 through 20, I have had many miscarriages, uh, first trimester miscarriages, many, many. So I understand if you need to click off right now, um, and turn off this episode, it's okay. When you're ready, you can come back. Um, I'm not going to go into the nitty gritty of each of my losses. Um, but I will tell you that miscarriage was something that I learned about very early um, in my life. Probably about middle school age, I don't know, maybe age 13, 14, somewhere around there, um, maybe even a little earlier. As you know, my mother and I were discussing it, she said that she believed she had had losses. Um, and my grandmother had had several losses. And so it was almost like this, this generational, this lineage thing that just gets passed down this, this, I don't want to call it a rite of passage, but, but all the women in my family, um, had losses. And so it was almost like I gave it so much power over me so much so that my husband now we've been together 28 years. And when we got together and we got serious and I said, you know, I just want to let you know that miscarriage runs in the women in my family, there's a good chance I'll have one. I gave that wound that wasn't even mine so much power over me. And it, it became a part of, even though I hadn't experienced it yet, it became a part of me, right? It became a part of my identity. and so. Without, again, going into too much detail, um, I got pregnant with my oldest son and there were some ups and downs, but it, you know, he's here and it was in between, um, my first two children that I began down the journey of, of facing loss and it was like, well, okay, this is. I knew it. I knew it was going to happen. And I just, the energy of my words and my thoughts and my beliefs, it just kept going and it kept it going and it kept it going. And it was always something in my mind. I'm now a woman who, I'm now a mother who's lost babies. And it become, it became for me a part of my identity, a large part of my identity. and. If you remember me being talking about echo chambers in the last episode, I found myself wanting to talk about it with other moms who had experienced it um, because it just became what, what, who I was. I, it just became, oh, I'm Suzanne. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a loss survivor. You know, all of these things. And it just became a part of me that sunk in and really became a fear because I wanted to have more children. And, and it just became this constant fear. And now I was high risk. And now what is causing these things and, and what is happening? And I gave it so much power. And my belief was it could not be healed. 
It couldn't be healed. And this was just my cross to bear. How many times I have said that, that this is just, it's just my cross to bear. And it wasn't until um, about two years ago, three years ago, really, um, when I decided, you know, to go down the route of energy healing and really just learning about my body, my energy, my wounds, that I realized so much about how I gave this so much power over my identity that it also impacted my body in such a way that it made a state of inflammation constant in my body that then my, made my C-sections um, high risk and dangerous. So this isn't everyone's story. Just because you have one C-section or even three section, three C-sections does not mean you'll be high risk. It does not mean you can't have a VBAC. It does not mean that you will have losses. This is my particular story. And I, I'm sure I will share more in the future, um, more details, because with each loss, with each baby, my identity shifted and evolved. and. Through the help of energy work and wound healing and realizing the power I gave it through words, thoughts, actions, um, I have had physical healing. I've had emotional healing and I've had energetic healing. And as I pulled all of those layers away, the physical healing, the emotional, the heart healing, I realized at the deepest level, it was a feminine wounding for me because I was someone from a very young age that became very independent, very self-sufficient, did not like to ask for help, did not want to depend on anyone and took very masculine qualities in my energy. and. I think I saw as a child and, and very incorrectly, but as a child, saw feminine as weak. And I listened to that in society and believed it, that being too feminine, you were weak and you couldn't take care of yourself. And so... At a deep level, again, this is my story. If you are someone who has experienced loss, please know that I am not saying that it's always a feminine wounding, a feminine energetic wounding, okay? But maybe this will give you some insights and things to think about. But I had to go back and realize that that was my masculine, possibly, taking over my feminine when I got pregnant because I wanted to control it. I wanted to get that baby earth side and be healthy. And, and I did everything humanly possible, humanly possible. I even wrote a blog post. Um, I will try to try to remember to link it in the show notes in 2011. It's after our sixth loss. We, we did continue to, to have a few more, 
Um, but I realized that I had done everything humanly possible, masculinely, I don't know if that's a word, possible, when really the most powerful thing I could have done was surrender. And my body just needed to surrender and rel- and and I don't say relax because that's a trigger word when you're going through infertility of any kind if one more person would say relax I I literally would want to throat punch them I, I don't say that to someone experiencing any kind of infertility issues to just relax of course we need to relax but that's not the cure okay it goes deeper than that. So my belief system around miscarriage had to change. And now as I am speaking about it, I have two daughters and I am not going to speak it into their timeline into their life. We talk about it. I I share if they ask, but it doesn't have to be how their genes express themselves. Yeah, it's in the DNA, okay? And we could go on about epigenetics and all of those things, but how those those that DNA is expressed and how my wounding is not going to bleed all over them. I refuse. If I have any generational impact, that is what I want, is to make sure that I'm not bleeding all over my future generations. So this, the energy that I'm speaking now is much different. And the perceptions I have around healing miscarriage is much different than it was even three years ago, four years ago, five years ago. So I want to go back. I want to circle around. The imprints that our wounds leave on us. They can be internal. They can be external. Internal, what's going on in our head and in our heart and inside of our body. So the imprint that miscarriage left inside of my body, I had the physical wounds. I had the emotional wounds. And the imprint of all of that and the feminine wounds It became me and my identity and what I focused on day in and day out. It was psychological torture. It's warfare. Not anymore. So your wound can be internal. But then we have the external. When I tell you my daughters and and maybe my, my oldest son may very well have anxiety about miscarriage. Actually, I know they do. I know they do. They saw me suffer and it affected them. It affected them. So externally, those wounds, those imprints, I have to heal myself, not just internally, but externally. I have to share the wisdom I've gained around my perceptions and my beliefs around what's possible 
for healing. So your wounding, what is your imprint internally? What is it externally? And I'm not here to victim blame, okay? I'm really not. I am here to simply bring conscious awareness to the wounds and your perceptions around whether it's possible to heal. Not just move on, heal. Not just stuff it down, not just ignore it, not just laugh it off, not just not talk about it, but actually authentically heal. What's your perception of healing around your wounds? And that's it. Healing is possible. Everyone's timeline is different. Everyone's, the resources they need are different. But now you're conscious. You're no longer wounded. Now you're conscious. Moving into wisdom. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me, guys. Until next time, brace for impact. We're on the edge of a trust fall into your inner knowing that's always been inside of you. We're going home to you. Mm -hmm.